Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. We're back. We're back and ready to talk about video games. Uh, I know there's a lot of them to discuss. Uh, is there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, not really. Not, not really. Well, I mean, this is always the quiet time, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> it's it's the, the lull after Christmas. Everyone's all, like, full of turkey still almost a month later and just, like, chilling, relaxing, and nothing's really come out. <laughs> At least in the, like, video game game sphere, um, we're going to talk about The Last of Us, obviously, uh, which just came out the first episode. It came out this past Sunday. So we're going to talk about Last of Us probably extensively today. Um, but yeah, it's pretty quiet on the actual like new release game front, which is usually the case through January and February, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we do have Fire Emblem Engage coming out on Friday, which of course I've pre-purchased and my Switch is, is currently... Uh, downloading i think i actually i think it's, it's already done but um we'll be talking about that one next week and and i'm excited and i think after that it's just uh it's weekly hits so um yeah I, I, but you're right right after christmas is the quiet period and uh usually means you know some gamers in episodes where we bring on some some things we've been chipping away on over the holidays and such and and uh, one of those games for me at least uh has been the witcher 3 which received its next generation uh, update. Although um, really it's the, I guess in, it, this is a tough one. Like obviously it's an update so that the game runs and looks its best on the current generation of hardware, which I'm playing on the Xbox series X. Um, but really it's, it, it would be lame to call it the current gen update. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. So the next gen update is like, but really for this one yeah because <laughs> we don't have a next gen where we have a this one <laughs> yeah but i guess in the context of the witcher 3 being an older game the next generation update makes sense because it's yeah it's the next generation for the witcher 3 i mean anyways like that's that's neither here nor there that's just semantics no one wants to argue that but what they do want to hear is like how does the witcher 3 run on this current generation of hardware and i gotta say like uh it runs really really well you know uh it's one of those things where you boot up a game and you're thinking like i wonder what this is going to be like and i mean as boring as it sounds it's the similar like reaction to a remaster or an upgrade visually of like isn't this what it looked like before um and that while while that reaction is normal i think like when it comes down to it if uh, i played the witcher 3 on pc which uh when it launched and as you continued to play it you know, when the DLC came out in 2016, uh, when The Witcher premiered in, in 2020 and, and you continue to go back to The Witcher on PC, like your PC hardware is getting better and better. And then the game is just running better and better from there. So um, I was always like I always had like the 60 frames per second, like the high frame rate and the, mm -hmm. and the nice graphics. But um, playing on the console, you know, they've. They have two modes. Uh, obviously, they've enhanced the graphics to they've completely redone all the textures to be in 4K. Um, they have a uh, uh, prioritize frame rate mode, which is 60 frames per second and a dynamic resolution up to 4K. And uh, and and also they have a ray tracing mode. Now on consoles, that is going to make your um, frame rate dip down to about 30 frames per second, if not between 30 and 45. And you do feel that. I think for me, I prefer to play at the 60 frames and ray tracing so far. Like I know a lot of people are like ray tracing is the best thing ever. Uh, but for me, it's like it's just something that, <laughs> that makes things run slower. Um, I do notice a visual difference, of course, and it looks really cool. Like from a lighting perspective, it's it's I mean, to use the phrase night and day, it is literally night and day. Like the lighting <laughs> uh, makes it look superb. But um it it does at least on the consoles it sacrifices that extra you know snappiness that is having high, yeah so yeah. you know uh but on pc you can obviously if you have a really high powered system you can get all of that ray tracing high frame rate high resolution depending on you know what your monitor is and, and what it supports so um all that's available to you and uh, this update's been done for 
uh, it was a free upgrade. So if you own the game on PlayStation, Xbox, or PC, you're getting all of these enhancements at no extra cost. Oh, interesting. Because I was going to say, I definitely own it. Um, I'm pretty sure I own it on Steam. I definitely own it on a console. Can't remember which ecosystem it was in. Probably Xbox, if I had to guess. Because Xbox is the system I've had for the longest. Um, so, yeah, interesting. I should check this out because Witcher 3 is one of those games that, like, I started playing because everybody told me I had to play it. I think I made it to, like, the first town. And then I think all the expansions were out by that time, too. So I was just like, this seems kind of overwhelming. And it didn't grab me right away. But again, I wasn't familiar at all with the universe or anything else and you're walking into Witcher 3 so you don't have like Witcher 1 and 2 background and stuff like that so everyone was just talking about how amazing this game was and I bounced off of it pretty quickly but I also just didn't have like the I wasn't in the right headspace slash didn't have the time for a giant RPG so I think that if I go back to it now, especially really loving like the books in the TV show, because I, I have been reading the books and I've now been or I guess I watched the TV show. I'm doing everything backwards. <laughs> watch the TV show. Now I'm reading the books and I think maybe um, I should go and, and give the game a try if because it sounds like this is a very successful um, update. Yes. Yeah, no, it is. I think this is the obviously the best time to jump in. And, and if you own the games already, you you have access to the stuff, especially on Xbox. There might be some hoops to jump through on PlayStation just in terms of how their, you know, PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5 process works. Like there's there might be some some hoops to go through. But on the Xbox, you basically just you have the files, you target the system you're on and you're good to go. Um the other cool part that they've added with these patches is something they added in Cyberpunk, which was cross um, cross platform saves. So if you link your uh, GOG account, which is CD Projekt Red's sort of game right. platform, um, it will it will sync a save to the cloud. Your most recent manual save and your most recent auto save. So not all your saves, but enough for you to jump between platforms. Say if you wanted to play on your Xbox, then play your Steam version on your Steam Deck, and then maybe jump over to your your GOG version if you have that on your PC. So like you can jump around and do all that stuff and play the same save across all those platforms just by having your your GOG account linked to your Xbox profile and your Steam account and all that. So that makes things a little bit better if like say you wanted to say, okay, I have a new PC. Let's load up mm-hmm. The Witcher, which I have on Steam or GOG, and uh, play a bit there. And like, okay, now I want to go into the into the living room and play on the on the on the console on the big screen. My save will be come right over, you know, if I have everything linked properly, and and it and it doesn't take that long to to link it. I think it was just basically scan a QR code, log in, you're good to go. Hey, here's some free armor, but also your saves are here now. So it's it's really snappy and it's really cool that they have that. I think that cross-platform saves... Like, here's the thing. If you want to convince me to buy your game multiple times, cross-platform saves. That is the mm. best way to do it. Um, I'm Not that I'm going to go around and be like, okay, this game has cross-platform saves. I'm going to buy it on everything I own. But, like, I'll buy it where it makes sense. And for me, you know, the PC in the office, on the on the monitor and the headphones that's a different experience to sitting on the couch and playing on the 4k television, you know, uh, on a different system. And I think like, that's where, you know, cross platform saves like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up while it's on sale. And, and then this way I can jump back and forth. Um, so yeah, that, I, I, I think that's such a, a really cool feature. And, um, yeah, like I, but, but that being said, I jump back in and I, because it's a new feature, you, you have to like load the game, where your previous saves were. And I didn't bother doing that because I was like, I had finished The Witcher 3 when it came out. I finished the first expansion, which was like Hearts of Stone when The Witcher on Netflix came out. Uh, And then uh, (laughs) I started Blood and Wine, which was the biggest expansion, but never finished it. So I decided, oh, you know what I'll do is I'll create like a, uh, a jump ahead character. So you can create like a character specifically geared and leveled to the expansion which i think is like level 32 or something 
And that's what I've been doing uh, since the holidays is just kind of working my way through Blood and Wine. And um, I must have played a bit of it because some of it was familiar, but I've but I've started to get into like some side quests and some main quests that are that are um, that are new to me and Mm -hmm. uh, still terrible at the combat. Really bad. (laughs) I'm not good at it. I mean, there are people who play this game and make it look so easy. But me, it's like. I don't know when to dodge, when to use magic, and sometimes I just <laughs> find I have no health. Uh, generally, just, you know, pro tip, mm. dodge when something's going to hit you. Okay, yeah. What about <laughs> that's magic, it. That's my That's my pro tip. That's it. That's all, all I right. got. That's as far as it goes. Well, yeah. you know, um, the thing I do love about The Witcher and, and the combat is, like, you're given these, uh, and the gameplay, you're given these quests sometimes, these contracts to kill specific monsters, like in the show, like in the books. And um, you you have a bestiary that you can go into and look at like, okay, what's what's this monster's weakness? And you can kind of prepare so you can know like, okay, this specific magic, this specific oil on my swords and, and these specific bombs will be very effective. I really like that. But sometimes in the main quest, like it's just like, I don't know, here's a bunch of spiders you have to fight. And for some reason I'm poisoned now and I can't figure out a way to stop it. <laughs> I'm just, it, it also doesn't help that I'm jumping into like what is essentially the late game. And yeah, it took me a couple of. Well, yeah, it expects that you've played like mm-hmm. 150 hours of Witcher. So be good. <laughs> yeah. And I had, but half a decade ago. Years so. ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I mean, obviously, this is a game that has been, uh, you know, around for a long time and has, has continued to be, you know, beloved and played thanks to, you know, Netflix shows and, and CD Projekt Red doing re-releases and, and, and DLC and such. But, uh, you know, I, I still very much enjoy it. And my favorite part about it is is some of the storytelling. Like I did a side quest where I was on the main quest and some guy was like bandaging uh, an injured person on the side of the road. And and girls like, oh, what's this about? So you walk up and start talking to this guy. And I guess this this, this person has been murdered by some monster so we go on this adventure to try to, you know, uh, figure it out. And um, we come across this uh, this monster. And uh, actually, no, it was the main quest. So it was on the main quest. I'm trying to find this monster. <laughs> and it's like you have you have to get a specific thing from them. You, you have to get, uh, like, their saliva. And the person who's helping you is like, well, you could just steal it and walk away. Like, there's this, like, cauldron they use. Or you can kill it and take the saliva glands. And when you get there, you very much realize that this is a cursed person who is living as this monster. And you hide in, you find the cauldron, the cauldron's empty. You hide in this, you hide in this, uh, this, um, this cupboard. And it's like, okay, like you have the option, the monster shows up, you can attack it, or you can try to save it, try to like break the curse. And, uh, I decided to break the curse. So again, like what would have been a fight, which I'm not a big fan of because I'm terrible at the combat, has now turned into this, like, I'm Geralt of Rivia trying to stop this monster from killing me by talking to it and being like, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be here to save you. We're going to figure this curse out. And it just boils down to this conversation and this puzzle solving based on like all the environmental clues that have been presented to you as you're exploring this area. So it was really cool and, uh, ended up saving the person. And, and then that's how I found out I have a winery. So we next scene, I'm like back at a winery and she's like, Oh, don't worry. Uh, we'll take care of her here, and and she'll be she'll be all better. And I'm like, oh, great. Now let's take a tour of the grounds. And uh, evidently, I'm I own a mansion now. So <laughs> obviously, all part of the DLC. So yeah. amazing. Well, I mean, it's got wine in the title. So <laughs> yes, you own a winery. It's part of like I think the. <laughs> so good if the whole expansion was just Geralt retires and runs a winery <laughs> has to deal with parties full of bridesmaids on the weekends <laughs> I yeah like just like oh man okay I gotta go down to the winery or the the wine cellar and get more Chardonnay or I don't know what's a wine <laughs> thing so that's not a wine is it it's a different Chardonnay thing is, that is a wine okay it perfect <laughs> nailed it nearly ruined the joke um but no uh you do so it's funny like as i was finishing the quest it was part of a it was part of the main quest which you're you're on a bit of a um you know on the clock because people are being murdered by this this monster you're trying to find or at least stop and uh you have an option to say to the the person who runs you know your your household oh no i've got to go i've got to deal with the thing it's it's a it's a pressing matter 
But then you, you have some dialogue options like, no, let me tell you exactly what happened. Let me tell you the story of, of how I saved this person. And and then there's an option like, can I see the grounds? And like, this guy just takes me on like a 20 minute tour of, <laughs> of my vineyard uh, that I own now because I took up this contract. But here I am wasting time walking through my Well, my everyone's dying around you. <laughs> yeah. Then I spent 10 minutes like, because I started, I did a jump ahead character. I had a bunch of gold and there were some options to like renovate. So I'm like, well, of course. We should, of we should I probably want to fix. renovate my villa. Yeah. So <laughs> screams are going on in the background. And Ryan's I got to like, keep up with the couch over there. No scooch to the left. <laughs> yeah. Well, all I, all I said, like, maybe we, we do a paint job. We, we fix some of the foundation. And this guy's like, no, no, like, I, I did a summer house once and we should, we should do the whole thing. And I'm like, I really think it's just a paint job and maybe a bit of the foundation that seems to be sinking over there. No, we're going to completely redo this thing. And I'm like, all right, well. If you're paying for it. Oh, no, wait, I'm paying for it. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And and I think like, again, I'm I'm enjoying it because I'm playing content I hadn't played before. And and uh, I mean, playing it again makes me really happy that they're doing another Witcher game because I think they've 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 got they've got the they've got it down. Like they've figured out how to make a really good Witcher game with. And you see that in the DLC, like as they create this like whole extra pocket of content that is self-contained and, and has its own story. So, um, yeah, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest like jumping straight into the expansions if you hadn't done the other stuff. Cause again, like jumping 30 levels into an RPG, can be daunting and, and yeah, no, uh, I would definitely play it from the, from the start. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I had, I, I did that for a little bit and I realized like, I'm not going to play through this whole thing right now. I think I'm better off like doing, jumping straight to content I hadn't done before, but that that main campaign is is totally worth doing right from scratch if you haven't played it before. Um, and all the DLC will be accessible to you within the adventure, so you don't need to worry about, mm-hmm. you know, missing anything. So, uh, yeah, it's a great time to play The Witcher. We're in between seasons. Uh, you know, after the summer, we'll be in between Geralt's um, with uh, with uh, Cavill stepping away and Hemsworth stepping in. I don't want to so. think about it. Well, now we're all thinking about it. So Yeah, thanks. <laughs> it'll be fine. Maybe. I don't know. No, it won't. It won't. Witcher has three seasons and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so far that we know no, of. that's it. That's oh, okay. it. <laughs> uh, and speaking of seasons and speaking of TV, um, Last of Us premiered, like I mentioned earlier, this past Sunday on HBO. Uh, Ryan and I have both watched it now. There's only one episode out at this moment. Um, if you've not watched episode one and not played the games and have no idea what's going on, maybe stay away and avoid spoilers. But um, it's also quite an old game and it only covers like, and I mean, you've played the game, so you probably have a better idea than I do. But it's it was very like... I mean, it's episode one. It's a pilot. It was very introductory. Yeah. Um, and apparently, because uh, Matt, so I watched it with my husband. And Matt has played the game. I still have not played the game. And he was saying that it's um, like a lot of the scenes he recognized from the game. And as someone who's not played the game, uh, <laughs> there was a point where uh, your, or I guess, um, uh, uh, Joel's daughter is like walking around the house and like looking for her dad and like the the fall of humanity has started and I'm like is this from the game cuz like I would have been bored as fuck by now <laughs> and he's like yeah this is in the game <laughs> I was like oh <laughs> yeah well i mean um actually in the, it was in very the- slow it took a long time to get going which is fine in a tv show but i was looking at it from a lens of like this is a video game like I would have been bored by now. <laughs> yeah, most um, most Naughty Dog games, uh, at least before Last of Us Part Two, like they start slow. They start with character introductions, and and the Last of Us Part One was you playing as Sarah, Joel's daughter, at the very beginning, as you're um, exploring the house, trying to trying to find your father as as things are happening outside. Um, but like the game is a little less. Uh, at least early on, a little less bombastic. Like there's not a bunch of explosions happening. It's more, um, your, your father, Joel runs into the house and starts loading a gun and is very panicked. So like that, the way they change scenes. And I think this is why, um, it'll be really interesting to talk to you about it because as you haven't played the game, um, 
it's really interesting to see the scenes that they kind of like stretched out, the scenes that they tightened up, and the, just all the extra stuff they threw in here. Because like, to me, there were like four or five moments in this hour and a half that were like straight rip from the game and, and story mm. beats. Whereas the rest of it is kind of like, uh, I don't want to say filler because it doesn't feel like filler. It's telling a story in a different medium. And I think anyone who was, at least in my opinion, worried that they were going to take the game and just, I don't know why people would think this, but shot for shot, make it into an HBO series is not the case at all. Like they hit the beats, but like they do it in, in the medium of, of television, not video games. So it's very, it's a very different well, yeah, because you don't have to worry necessarily about the user experience. Like mm -hmm. I was saying, I would have, as as a video game player with a controller in my hand, if I had to play through Sarah's day at school and going <laughs> to get the watch fixed and, yes. you know, like then walking around the house, I would have been super freaking bored and I would have bounced off that game because I would have been like, I thought there were zombies in this. What is going on? It's been 45 minutes now of like... Jocelyn goes to high school. I didn't like it the first time around. Don't want to redo it. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, like it, it's very much like they're taking advantage of being able to kind of like flesh those things out. Like, cause there was also like right off the very start, there was that like talk show with some pretty like recognizable actors yeah. uh, from 1968 talking about like his theory of like fungus is going to end humanity because like we don't have a way to fight against it <laughs> and then like da, 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 you know whatever it was 30 40 years later they were like by the way a fungus is ending humanity <laughs> guess that guy was right <laughs> yeah and that's not at all so this is the thing like in the video game they don't go into the details of like how this might have happened just that you know um they like even the devel the developers like they established like there's this fungi that take over uh ants and turn them into zombie ants and wouldn't that be like super duper creepy if it happened to humans and then they run with that idea they don't explain it yeah but in the show they offer this well you know fungi would never be able to live in a human host because the temperatures too high we run too hot <laughs> you know and um well what about global warming and then the fungi have to uh have to adapt, you know, adapt. Yeah. and and I again, like, I think that they spent a lot of time in the development phase to kind of figure out like, and they say this in, in, in the interviews, like, you know, people are smarter. And when it comes to television, like, we don't, ne we don't need to skip to the action, we, we need to set up a story that makes sense and that is grounded as yeah. best we can. Um, and I think they nail it. Like, as someone who watches a lot of zombie content, this is this is a good serious take that that just happens to be based on a video game, you know, yeah. and it works, it works really well. And, um, you know, there's some genuine creepy moments, I think like at the, when Sarah's at the, the neighbor's house and you can see the, the grand, the older yeah, person, the in the grandma background. in the background. Yeah. yeah. Like turning. And as a, as a video game player, you know, what's, what's coming. If you've watched the trailers, you know, what's coming and, and you know, what's happening in the background you know why that dog is reacting and and they again like they they do a really great job at um at, at shooting this whole whole series like it's uh well the first episode again we've only watched the first episode yeah <laughs> uh, but i i very i mean it shouldn't surprise anyone but i very much enjoyed it um uh you know i loved the last of us and i think like i wasn't too worried about this adaptation but like i knew people who were and I, as far as i know like most of those folks have been like, okay, yeah, episode one, it's a very solid start. Let's see where we go from here. Yeah, I will say, like, there were a couple of points where, like, I was, I guess, surprised because, like, so as somebody, I feel like I'm going into this almost like I go into, like, Star Wars content because I didn't see Star Wars until I was in my mid-20s. So, like... I am your father. Like that was just like pervaded through pop culture, right? Like I knew a lot of the, the stuff about it, right? Without ever having watched it. And I felt the same with The Last of Us. Like I feel like I know a lot of stuff. Like I knew there were plant zombies. I knew it was a story about like Joel and Ellie. And so I was surprised because anything I'd ever seen, whether it's like screenshots from the game or promotional material or whatever, it's always just the two of them. 
So when they did the like time skip ahead, first of all, I didn't realize it was 20 years later. Like that's wild. <laughs> I was kind of expecting it to just like very much like um, uh, Fear the Walking Dead did, where it was like followed the whole fall of humanity and everything else. And is just like, this is what happens like day one, day two, day three. And all of a sudden they're just like, there was a fall and, you know, like Joel and his brother survived the first night and then 20 years later and they just like bam through all of that time. And I was just like, wow, I was that I was not expecting that time jump. And then I was not expecting any other people. I thought Joel and Ellie were the last of us. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is a much because honestly, I thought it was going to be really boring because I thought it was just the two of them. And I'm like, this is going to be an entire series following two people. Like, I don't care what two people you are. After 10 episodes of two actors, I'm going to get bored. Castaway was terrible. <laughs> Well, what about the Mandalorian? Was... It's 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 Pedro Pascal and another character, all I on their didn't, own. Didn't watch the oh. Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, well, Book of Boba Fett. You watched that one, right? So, like, I did a... not. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that one was just Boba Fett and and at least one other character running around. So, uh... well, but like they live in a larger world, right? They're yes. interacting with other characters. That's what I thought. Like, I thought everyone was a plant zombie except Joel and Ellie. Oh no! And that would so, be yeah, a boring like video I, game. Yes, that's what I. This is the picture I had in my head of The Last <laughs> of Us ever since it came out. I thought it was just Joel and Ellie wandering through buildings, trying no. not like playing a stealth game, trying not to wake up plant zombies. And I was like, "Why does everyone love this? This sounds boring as fuck." You, you could have asked, uh, and I would have. But then, then, well, then I was surprised in the okay. show because I was like, oh, hey, there's a whole like story here. There's this like military dictatorship because the world fell and like the, then rebels, but they suck at it, apparently. And, you know, like, there's so much more going on. And Tommy's still alive, but we got to go save him because maybe he's not <laughs> like, I don't know. Just it, there was so much more to it than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Like similar to The Walking Dead, humanity has endured and, and uh, you know, hesitate to say figured out how to how to survive but like they've they've set up a this is just this first episode is just one sort of scenario of humanity surviving and and we will get right. to see more of that for good or bad uh just based on what what I've played in the video game and um like I said for the most part they are going to be adapting the major beats of the video game um but there is a what I assume they'll be filling in the blanks there's a huge chunk of the video game um, that is a basically a three month time jump as they're traveling. And in the in the video game, it's just like and they walked many miles and nothing interesting <laughs> happened. Whereas I'm sure in the TV show, it'll be they walked many miles and they came across some cool shit that we're going to experience on this HBO budget. Um but like, yeah, it's uh, it is a it's a very much lived in world, which I probably should have figured out because there were different characters in or at least one different character in Last of Us 2. So yeah. I should have probably figured out that it wasn't just Joel and Ellie. <laughs> no, but they're journeying somewhere. But they are. Yeah, they yeah. are traveling partners. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I think it was, uh, it ended up being way more, uh, interesting than I thought it was going to be necessarily. Um, and I think that the, the actors did a pretty good job. Um, and I don't know if this is what it's like in the game, but I'm pretty sure Ellie's entire dialogue was fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. seemed like that was all that she said or did for this episode was just like fuck this fuck you fuck i hit my shin like <laughs> yeah but she's you know and that, that very much that is her vocab in in the video game um but it's you also get the sense that like she's she is someone who's never been outside these walls and you see that instantly as she walks out of those walls and stands up and like, Oh my God, this is so cool. We're outside. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're like, it's like we're down. also trying to be stealthy. This is illegal and they'll hang us. Come on. Yeah. But that is to a T that's that character. I mean, you can, mm. from the video game, she, oh God, I feel like I would have been so frustrated in the game. <laughs> like she, she is your invisible partner when it comes to the combat in the video game. Whereas like if she's running around and, and 
out of out of uh, out of cover like you're not going to break stealth but um and that's the video game side of it but like you know uh, her character it makes sense for her to react that way um and it also makes sense for joel to react the way he did where he rolls his eyes and says oh my god you know um because he he doesn't want to be on this mission because he knows how dangerous it will be to to try to bring someone across the country who's never been outside of safety you know these walls and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they continue you know the adaptation because there's a lot of um there's a lot of characters that that come in that will be there for an episode or two and and will leave because again it's about this journey so they're not Mm -hmm. they're not picking folks up as they're going they are you know meeting these characters and then moving on which made me really sad because the actress who plays tess yeah. And I can't remember her name, but she's from Fringe and I love her. I think she's fantastic. She did a great job in this episode, but like I, I like her in, in everything I've seen her in before. Um, and I was like, again, I'm like, I know <laughs> the little bit that I do know is that it's Joel and Ellie's journey. So I'm like, I uh, feel like Jess going to die. <laughs> she's going <laughs> to die like now. <laughs> so... And I like I hope I hope that like they get somewhere and she decides not to continue or something and she's still a character we'll revisit later just because I love the actress. But uh, as soon as they were like, okay, the three of us are going outside the wall, I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, her name's Anna Torv. I didn't realize uh, she was from Fringe. She looks super familiar. Um, but yeah, no, that's really good. They they have like a really awesome cast that they've pulled together um and there's a there's another actress that's going to pop up later on the show and and she's a new character she's playing um i don't know who she's playing she's playing a brand new character not from the video games and it's the same actress from uh she's one of the lead roles of the yellow jackets and she's awesome and i can't wait to see her when she pops up here and again i don't know her name but if you watch the yellow jackets and then you watch the trailer for the last of us you'll be able to connect those dots (laughs) <laughs> I've purposely not watched the trailer because I kind of wanted to go into this as like spoiler free as I possibly could. And obviously it worked. Um, and so I don't know, like I so far am enjoying it. And I know like zombie content for me is really hit and miss. And we really haven't seen that much zombie action. There's like the initial outbreak at the beginning but even that is it's it's very much like almost like from a distance you kind of see them like you, you, there's like the grandma that you know <laughs> Joel hits in the head with a wrench and then throws away the wrench I'm like you're probably going to need that oh, <laughs> like I... you never throw away your melee weapon what are you doing dude <laughs> Yeah I mean he he did just kill his neighbor in front of his daughter he's probably uh Again, fair, fair. <laughs> Maybe, you know, none of us know how we would react in extreme situations, but <laughs> drop the wrench at the very least. Drop the wrench. <laughs> um Yeah, it's uh so like there's uh and th- there's another actress. Um so this is really cool when it comes to the video games. The actress who plays Marlene in The Last of Us, the show, is the same actress who voices and does the mocap in the video game. So oh, cool. they don't often do that. And they and they have confirmed there is going to be roles for Troy Baker and uh, Ashley Johnson. I think her name is uh, the, the actors behind the video game, Joel and Ellie. And they're going to be in the show to some degree. Uh, we don't know who they're playing, but um, yeah, the the person who plays Marlene is the same actress who played the character in the video game, which is which is really cool that they were able to do that. And it's. I just I don't think there's another example of that happening. I'm sure there is, but like to this degree, like a main character from a video game brought over to they couldn't even do it with Uncharted, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so it's uh, it's really interesting. They've like I think this is this is a good sign for what PlayStation is trying to do. Like we were a little worried, like they're taking all their IPs and trying to turn them into movies and TV shows and such. But I think this show specifically for you, Jocelyn, should probably make you feel really good about there being a Horizon show coming soon. Because, like, if they treat it with the same respect that they've done here, involving the creators... I mean, Neil Druckmann, the guy who helped create The Last of Us on PlayStation, directly involved with this series to the point where I think he directed an episode. He was on 
site for most of it. Well, and it's it's kind of it's interesting because as far as we know, the Horizon series, it's not a remake of the game like Last of Us. This is very obviously we're taking a game that is, you know, like uh, had a, a pretty fleshed out story from again, from what I hear, had a pretty fleshed out story, lots of cinematics like it was basically a, a movie in a game before so many others were trying to do this. Um, so it kind of really lends itself like it's already halfway there really to, to becoming some sort of, of movie or TV show. And from what we've heard about the horizon project is that it's not going to be that, like it's not telling the story of horizon zero dawn. Um, so, or at least it seems like it's not going to the, those have been the rumors anyways. I don't think we've actually had anything officially confirmed. And then one thing that we did have confirmed was that the code name Horizon 2078 or something like that um, actually had nothing to do with the Horizon project. So really and truly, we don't know anything (laughs) about Horizon, the TV show. But um, I will say that uh, if they put the amount of thought and money into the Horizon TV show as they have into The Last of Us, again, we only have one episode, so it's hard to say, but... I'm pretty happy with like, this seems like a really good video game adaptation and I feel comfortable with them doing, giving, you know, horizon the same treatment. And I'm looking forward to a lot of people getting to see the horizon world because that was one of the things more so than, you know, graphics or combat or anything else as interesting as those were. I just really love the characters and the world building that they did around horizon, which is something you can really like, either, you know, kind of, I guess, build upon in a TV show, right? In in ways that you can't necessarily in a in a video game. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing what they do with that for sure. But uh, yeah, Last of Us so far is interesting. It's an interesting concept. It's a, it's a different, you know, kind of way to do zombies. I feel like zombies are always a virus. <laughs> so like this is this is kind of interesting. And it seems like, you know, the other thing about zombies in worlds like Walking Dead, which is pretty much the other zombie content I'm familiar with, Walking Dead, I guess, and then the 28 Days stuff. Um, but basically, like, they seem to live forever, and they don't in this world, from what I could tell, because they came up against the guy, or they came around the corner, and there was the guy who looked like he had exploded against the wall, and he's not a, he's dead now? <laughs> Yeah. What did they say? They said he's he's done or he's finished. Yeah. Something like that, which was interesting to me, again, as like someone who doesn't, you know, take in a lot of zombie content, but, you know, enough to know that normally they're supposed to be undead forever and want to eat my brains. And that threat never goes away. So, you know, it was kind of interesting to see that, you know, they eventually revert to their plant form and that's it. Then they're done. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh there, there, there are instances where you know, the, like uh, at the beginning of the show, they're explaining like, you know, they'll keep the host alive as long as possible. But sometimes yeah. it's just if you, I think in the case of the show here, like that character was locked in a room, um, and and the the host died because there's nowhere for the for it to go. But I mean, the biggest difference between, um, like we were talking earlier about between the show and the video game is in the video game they do, um, it's all about spores. So there'd be mm. a lot of segments where your characters would oh, put on your mask because you're entering like a spore filled area. And that's how the virus would spread. So the biggest change here, which I think is more like a more grounded approach uh, in terms of like what they've done with its tendrils. So it's it can be a little weird seeing these zombies that are they're definitely doing the classic zombie bit. But then like they have these like little tendrils like coming out of their mouths. Yeah. is really Which, creepy. If someone doesn't call them grass mouths as like, you know how in walking grass dead, mouths. they have 800 different like nicknames for the walkers, for the zombies. Like if they don't, if someone doesn't call them the grass mouths, I'm going to be really bad. <laughs> oh, do I spoil it for you? Uh, cause they do, they do have a name for them. I, I don't know if I'll spoil it for you, but, uh, well, they yeah. have a name in the video game, but you just said yeah. the tendril thing is new, right? It is so- new, but there's there is a there's a ver- there's a version of of the 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 zombies that we haven't seen yet. Because so again, like uh, okay. a, a lot of what we've seen is like these newly turned, or in the case of that character, they found like past turned. Like uh, so, there's there's a couple stages in between, like um, where they're they're much more menacing and 
super creepy. So again, like you're going to see the effects work come into play here. And like really like from a zombie perspective, they were just, they've just started to scratch the surface with the first episode. Um, where it was like really that first infection, um, and how that takes place. So it'll, it'll be really interesting to see like, you know, as we get into the more, so in the video game, there's a lot of like stealth gameplay. It'll be really interesting to see those encounters as well uh, adapted to the show and, and the tension there. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing like, because this this show is it's gonna it's gonna ratchet up pretty quick, you know. Like, uh, they're moving at a steady clip. Like, they're getting into the they're getting out of the quarantine zone at the end of this episode. Um, and uh, how far into the game is that approximately? Just out of curiosity. Uh, that's a good question. I would probably say about you know three hours because there's there's a lot of like walk and talk at the beginning of the game. Um, especially after the moment where we're, uh, at, just after the flash forward, um, there's a, there's a lot of walking and talking, um, in those, in those sequences. So like, yeah, like I'd say three or four hours. Um, so they, they, they did tighten it up really well for the show. Yeah. Cause I didn't get the, I didn't get the feeling that I was missing anything. No. And I think that, like I said, like from a video game perspective, you know, because of when that came out and, and even the last of us part two did this, like it's, it's, it's a video game trope of like the walk and talk as you're going through the environment and these characters are talking and you're getting a lot of like, just, you know, explanation as to what's going on in, in the current situation for these characters. Uh, but in the show, like they, they move things very quickly uh, in terms of, you know, what's going on. But, but again, it doesn't feel rushed. And as you said, it doesn't feel like you're missing anything. Like, it all kind of works like even in like, I think in the game, like, you you know, how Joel gets the job isn't like as accidental uh, as it is in the show. And I think in the show is a really cool setup of like they want this battery and the battery was had been sold <laughs> to somebody else. So you try to figure out like, OK, how do we get that battery back? And it turns out the battery is was was not worth it in the end. But like you end up finding another job just because you're, you're there like that in the game. It wasn't as, it wasn't as organic. And I think it was a really cool way to like speed things along in the show to get, to get things moving. Cause I think if you had spent another episode in the, I think the Boston quarantine zone, it would have been, it would have been a bit much. Cause they presented a lot of like horrific stuff in that area in this episode. And I think like viewers and myself alike was like, okay, let's move forward from here. Let's get into the, the traveling bits. So Man, I feel, I don't know. I feel like I'm desensitized or like broken. (laughs) I don't know. I I just, uh, and and maybe it's Walking Dead's fault, honestly, because I feel like there were some truly horrific things that happened in in Walking Dead. And like, there was nothing really in this episode (laughs) that made me like balk, I guess. No, yeah. (laughs) It was just like, yeah, this is pretty standard, like... (laughs) It's standard for the genre, and I think like that goes back to how they how they kind of handled it with this adaptation is that they don't they don't go over the top. That's the problem with The Walking Dead is they go over the top. You know when they when they kill a zombie, like oh we need to make sure as much jam pours from this you know prosthetic <laughs> head as possible. Whereas in this show, I feel like at least this first episode, they take a laid back approach and just uh, you know I think the, like the biggest part of 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 this episode was like the amount of money they poured into the pre the pre apocalypse scenes where they're like trying to escape. And I mean, you've got planes crashing explosions, Mm -hmm. like crowd shots. Like it's crazy. The amount of like work they did there to really capture the feel of the video game. Cause like that felt like straight, you know, ripped right out of the game. Like that sequence, um, outside of the plane, I don't remember there being planes falling into the streets, like maybe in the background, (laughs) but like, you know, they uh they did HBO it up there with with that one with the budget. But yeah, like it's it's not again, I, I think they they don't go over the top like The Walking Dead does. But there's still some pretty, you know, horrific stuff that happens in the show that that doesn't happen in the video game. Like uh, the yeah, like some of the some of the work that they're doing in the show is not in the video game. Like it's more mm. about the Joel and Tess being smugglers and. And whatnot, and less about like cleaning up the streets and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. They've really like built out the world. You know, this isn't just like how do we get to the next, you know, video game moment number five. They've they've really 
tried to craft this into a proper TV show, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I really enjoyed it. And I mean, it, it did kind of make me want to play the game. But at the same time, I I almost want to just watch the whole series and enjoy the series for what it is and, and keep this kind of um, sense of discovery going for the TV show as long as I can and then and play the video game after because um, I really enjoyed not knowing when I was in, when I was watching this much like I enjoyed not knowing when I was watching The Witcher, you know, like all of this stuff was so new to me. And I was just like, oh, wow, these are really cool worlds. And and I, you know, want to get into it. But like after like, so I, I think I want to enjoy the TV experience for what it is. And I don't know how many episodes there are, but it's probably eight or ten. I uh, guess <laughs> there's nine. So you, you knew. Oh, you, my God. <laughs> you knew, which is an odd. Well, it's literally an odd number, but it's also just yeah. an odd number. <laughs> Um, so no, I, I think that's the right approach. Watch the show, then the video game. And, um, Sony's done this wonderful marketing thing where, uh, they'll be releasing the last of us part one on PC in early March, which is right around the time when the show is going to wrap. So perfect timing for yeah, perfect all that marketing. Them, synergy, yep. <laughs> so. Perfect. Uh, yeah. well, yeah, I'll probably, uh, check it out at that time then. And what you guys should go and check out is patreon.com slash the gamers in like Will did, who is our January patron. Thank you so much for supporting the show, Will. And if you guys would like to, again, we are over at patreon.com slash the gamers in. Also wanted to mention that we have TGI Game Club going on now. Uh, we did the first portal game uh, in its in its entirety was this past Sunday. And then next Sunday, January 22nd. We're going to be talking about the first milestone of Portal 2, which I am really looking forward to playing. It's been way too long since I've gotten into a Portal 2 playthrough. Yeah. So uh, we're going to do the beginning of the game through Chapter 4 uh, and then uh, obviously more after that. But um, yeah, Portal Portal was uh, I forgot how short it was. Like it was such a, a phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. Like I just I completely and totally forgot that you could play through that thing in a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, it is a two hour experience. And um, it, it, I, I also was surprised. I was like, it was like Friday. And I'm like, oh, I got to play that uh, again. And and I had played it on Steam Deck in the fall. And I thought, no, no, I should play it again. There's the new RTX version that I want to test out. And uh, I was like, well, it's Friday afternoon. Do I have time? I was like, yep. I, I did. I, I had the time. <laughs> it was only a couple hours. And um, I'm really excited to play Portal 2. It's been probably since launch that I've played through it. And uh, to date it a little bit, Portal 2 came out. Um, it was the year that like Sony had that big hack. Uh, but it was also the year that Portal 2 was like, it was Valve doing some really interesting stuff on PlayStation, where if you bought it on PlayStation 3, you got like, a free copy on steam because they were doing like steam on playstation it was really weird but it was a really cool way to get like so i i own portal 2 on playstation 3 and on steam but because the playstation network was down i don't think i got a chance to even play it uh on steam i think i played it on playstation 3 so yeah that was a it was i don't even know what year you were gonna say I'm 99% sure it was 2012 because I'm pretty sure it was just after we started this show. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, 2011. So like, oh, 2011. Okay. It was the year. It was the year we, it was the year we started our first full year. That doesn't. Yeah, that makes sense. 2011. Yeah. So yeah. Portal two looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, so if you guys want to get in on that, you can head on over to our Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. We have brand new forums threaded mm. up for you over there now. So uh, if you do want to jump into the discussion about Portal or if you just want to jump in for Portal 2, again, we are starting that on January 22nd. And there's tons of other conversations going on as well all the time in that Discord. So come and check it out. Uh, that brings us to the news this week. And uh, apparently Ubisoft, Ubisoft has been trying to sell itself and it's not doing well. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, there's been some interesting news out of Ubisoft lately. And I think um, this story comes from uh, some quotes from Jeff Grubb from Giant Bomb, uh, where he's basically saying like, and we we've kind of thought like, you know, there's been a lot of rumblings that Ubisoft has been trying to, you know, find a buyer. But like its biggest asset was the fact that it could build like one game across multiple studios. It had that like pipeline set up. 
But the reason it's being laughed out of the room is like no one wants to take on that that huge a thing, you know? Like why mm-hmm. would why would you want to have twenty studios like to work on like these specific titles? I, I don't know. I can understand where you you you'd not want to take on that uh, that large risk, right? Um, well, I mean, like I I also kind of understand if I'm Ubisoft, like now would be the time, right? Like you just saw. Division Blizzard get bought for billions and billions and billions of dollars. And they're kind of in a similar like space, right? Like with COD and everything else. And, you know, like they have a ton of, of games under their umbrella. And so, I mean, if I'm Ubisoft, maybe I'm looking at Activision going, well, if they got an offer, maybe we can get an offer. Um, but I think that like some of the stuff that they've put out lately hasn't really done as well as like Activision offerings, really. Um, they've delayed Skull and Bones again, yeah. <laughs> which is like that is I don't even know how many times that that has been delayed. But I feel like we every couple of years get like a trailer where it's like, here's all of our super cool, awesome things that we're going to do with this pirate game. And then like two years later, we get another trailer that's like, forget that trailer. Here's all the things that we're doing in this pirate game. And like, I thought they were close to release, but I guess not. They've delayed it again. So, I mean, I feel like that was kind of their big new IP hotness and, and it's just fallen to the wayside. And I mean, like, yeah, I, obviously you can iterate on a, on an IP and on a game forever. <laughs> See the aforementioned COD, but uh, you know, still like Far Cry 18, <laughs> it just maybe isn't gonna do it. Yeah, well, I mean, even in terms of like the game we talked about last week, which was Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. I mean, in an investor call, like the CEO was saying, like that game didn't live up to expectations sales wise; it underperformed. And I think it comes down to like from a sequel perspective, like even though it is like it's a better game, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I, that's, yeah, you liked it. I did. Yeah. And, and again, like, like I said, it's a better game than the first one. A lot of improvements made based on, you know, feedback that was given by players and it's a solid follow up. But I think like Ubisoft just kind of painted themselves into a corner of like being the sequel shop. Mm. And it's very rare now. Like it's been a while since like sequels have been sought after from ubisoft you know like they just want one's in the next assassin's creed when's the next just dance when's the next the next so i think most people just assume like well this is just another one of those and it very much isn't a typical ubisoft sequel but i can see how it may be underperformed it was a busy fall right like in terms of nintendo products but like the biggest news here is like they canceled three unannounced projects and also said the ceo says like Hey, like uh, our success is now in the staff's hand. Ball's in your court, guys. So let me know <laughs> when you're ready to start working. You know, it was it's a really odd quote from the leader of this like very large company, basically saying like, "This isn't my fault. This is on you guys." <laughs> you know, <laughs> and as, like I don't know, that doesn't really seem like good uh, management. Good, no, it doesn't. And I I know like there was talk. Um, I saw today on Twitter, like there was talk of, uh, you know, um, Ubisoft employees, like staging walkouts, like, uh, protests, like, uh, at at specific times to kind of maximize like the pressure, like Ubisoft staff are not happy by the, by the comments. Like literally when your CEO says like, Hey, the ball's in your court. It's like, no, you're the CEO. Like if anything, this is something you have to sort out, you know? Yeah, this is your failure. (laughs) Yeah, it is very, like, odd. It's it's just, you know, like, part of it was like, today more than ever, I need your full energy and commitment to ensure we get back on the path to success. Like, what are you trying to say? (laughs) You know, (laughs) these are solid games, like games that underperformed it. It hadn't, I don't think it had anything to do with the development. Like Mario Plus Mm -hmm. Rabbit, Sparks of Hope, Just Dance 2023. For what those games needed to be like they're there from a there's no bugs it's exactly what like it's an improvement upon the last you know um even looking at just dance 2023 like uh we played the demo me and the kids and like yeah that's that is a follow-up to just dance 2022 (laughs) yeah like (laughs) it's the same thing and it works 
Yeah. It just has new songs. <laughs> exactly. No bugs, you yeah. know, no weirdness. The demo worked perfectly. Like, um, which like if they were shipping things that were as bad as like cyberpunk and, and they were having terrible launches and things were buggy and code wasn't working, then okay, maybe you go at your staff and you say, guys, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> but if they're launching like products that work and that, you know, fall into the scope of things you've asked them to do, then like, come on, yeah. <laughs> take some responsibility as the person who's supposed to direct the company. <laughs> like if you've clearly made bad decisions, so like, don't blame your staff. They've done what you've asked and put out games that work. <laughs> so maybe don't ask them to make Just Dance 2023.5. Ask them to make something different. Like, oh, I don't know, an open world pirate game that's a new IP. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, um, Beyond Good and Evil 2, which is supposedly still mm. happening, still coming. Um, I mean, I like Ubisoft games. I, I like Mario Plus Rabbids. I like Assassin's Creed. You know, they're, they've been working on a Splinter Cell uh, remake. I like Far Cry's. Yeah, Far Cry's good. Like, I think that... And Assassin's, yeah, Assassin's yeah. Creed. It's it's just, it's it's such an odd response. And I was going to say, you know, speaking of CD Projekt Red, like I feel like when they had their issues, I think the CEO owned it more. But even then, mm. they... You know, I think they tried to blame QA, you know, and it was like, yeah, no, we don't do that. We <laughs> you look at the fact that you rushed this project and we told you like eight months ago that it, that a year wasn't going to help. You know, we needed, well, as we saw, two plus years to make that yeah. game into what it is today, which is a functioning video game with a with a cool Netflix series. You know, um, it takes time to build that stuff. And uh you know, I think that's why we see Skull and Bones continuously being delayed is because it 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 may be in a in a rough shape. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just an odd response in my mind from from a CEO to, to say something like that. Like and this is just like the bits and pieces from the investors call. Like it's all kind of like that, you know, like it, it, games underperforming, you know, not what we expected. We got a really get back to work and, and make a solid lineup. You know, it's not my fault is your fault type thing. And <laughs> it's unfortunate. Yeah. So uh, I think, well, we'll have to see what happens now, but it does seem like we said at the start of this, that they're, they're looking for a potential buyer, <laughs> whether or not that's actually going to happen. But uh, yeah, maybe in a, in a couple of weeks, couple of months, who knows, we'll be talking about, you know, Ubisoft being the next big gaming acquisition. If that's the case, do you think this is maybe what PlayStation goes after? <laughs> I don't know. It's tough. Like, I think before Activision Blizzard, I could see I could see Microsoft doing it. But now, you know, Activision Blizzard is Microsoft's sole focus in terms of acquisitions at this stage in terms of video games. But yeah, like Sony... I almost feel like they wouldn't like Sony's been complaining so much about the Activision deal, right? Like, do they yeah. go, OK, well, now all the Assassin's Creed's are going to be over on or all the Far Cry's are going to be PlayStation like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, like Nintendo's not a good fit, uh, but I, I obviously. Think, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that um, you could see like if you start to see Ubisoft start to sell off studios like i think square enix was doing i think like when you look at square enix as an acquisition makes perfect sense for sony to to pick them up um because they they have been sort of selling off studios that that don't that might not fit into an acquisition um but ubisoft has sort of pretty much stayed intact like even with these canceled projects they say like oh we're, we're just moving yeah. staff around we're not laying people off we're moving them to other projects so that's good um, but I think in terms of an acquisition, I prob you probably see like a like a Tencent or um, uh, Embracer Group, like like a bigger just pile of money, you know, <laughs> pile of money company. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not not like a, we're going to add to our exclusive you know library. I think you're just going to it, 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 Ubisoft will stay third party. But but if they were to get snapped up, it would be by like a, like, as, as you said, a, a bigger pile of money company that's just just looking to add to their portfolio basically yeah that's fair 
Well, if we do see any developments on the Ubisoft front, we will let you guys know. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays, Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, guys, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.